Hello, awesome people. Welcome to Embrace the Pivot. I'm Dr. C. Robinson, your host for the show. Join me as we discover what pivoting actually means and how you can embrace your pivot during life's transition. Happy Wednesday, everyone. I hope you are having a wonderful week so far. Can't believe that we're approaching February. Already 2023 is flying by for me, especially as I am gearing up to launch a children's book series, which I am so super excited about. I'll be sharing more information as I get closer to knowing when the launch date is for those books. But I spent the latter part of 2022 developing these cute characters and helping children find a way to find their happy and be happy. So stay tuned for all those details. Today, my guest is Samantha Citro-Alexander. She is the co-founder and CEO of BiteWell, the nutrition intelligence company on a mission to improve the world's health through food. She has a really incredible story and she comes from the marketing world and she just wanted to follow her passion. She just wanted to help change the world and she went for it. And I'm really excited for you to hear her story. And what sticks out the most is the way that she focuses on her strengths. Through all of her pivots, she focuses on her strengths. How many times have you gone and applied for a job and said, oh, I don't qualify for this. This portion of requirements knocks me out. But if instead of looking at what you don't have, if you focus and harness in on what you do have, those strengths you do have and bring to the table, it is going to make all the difference in your pivot journey. For 2023, let's make a pact and say, no more to the imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome just doesn't apply to women. It also applies to men. It's the fear. It's the fear of not feeling adequate enough to do what you want to do. Let's let that go. For me, 2023 is about being a force and letting stuff go. If it's meant to be in my life, it will be. And if it's not, there's something better out there. It's all about planting the seeds, walking away, and keep moving forward. Make sure you are always planting those seeds because eventually some of them have to bloom. And a little bit more on Sam's background. As the CEO of BiteWell, she's on a mission to make food a healthcare benefit with 35% of American medical costs stemming from diet-related diseases. BiteWell's unique food health marketplace enables employers to offer health benefits via their existing food budget. She has a really cool story. She has pivoted a lot, but focuses on what she really wants to do and her purpose and making the world a better place. Everyone, please welcome Sam. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. I'm so excited. You have had such a unique career, especially you went from beauty and fashion to now starting your own wellness company. So 
before we get into BiteWell and the idea behind it, why don't you share with me what has been one of your biggest career pivots that has shaped who you are and your career today? Ooh. Ah, there have been so many um, because <laughs> my my career and my life has been pretty lateral. Um, it is not linear. If I put my resume in front of you, you would be like, who is this girl and what is she doing with her life? But to me, all of the moves make sense. And I think the biggest, the one that shaped me most outside of you know starting my own business was earlier on in my career, I pivoted from an indie beauty startup where we were a team of a handful of people to the world's largest hedge fund, Bridgewater, in an operations and management capacity. And that change, that leap, that pivot changed the course of not only my entire career, but my entire life. How so? In a few ways. So obviously, um, Bridgewater is known for their culture of radical truth and transparency and the set of, of principles under which they operate. And it was through that culture and those principles that I learned a lot about me. And I really changed my mindset in a couple of ways. The first way was that transparent, being transparent and being honest and being incredibly forthright in, in your thoughts and opinions can be very kind. It doesn't have to be this harsh grading thing. Um, and I grew up as the, I like to call it the traffic coordinator of my household. I was like, the pacifier, the peacemaker. And so to me, being radically open and honest was challenging at first because it felt like people were going to walk away feeling upset or like feeling hurt in some way. And it, that was not the case at all in, in many, many cases. Um, it was really, <clears throat> to me, being radically open and transparent is the kindest thing that you can do for a person because they know exactly where they stand. They know exactly what you think. And they, it can help to shape you in a really beautiful way. And you can learn things about yourself that you wouldn't have otherwise known. So that's number one. Secondly, I think it changed my, my view of myself mm. and my strengths. And the fact that instead of focusing on bolstering my weaknesses to make them less weak, I should focus on bolstering my strengths to make them incredibly strong and then surrounding myself with people who are strong at the things that I'm not strong at. And that set of principles has changed the way that I have shaped teams. It's changed the way that I've, you know, created a circle of friends. It's changed my personal relationships um, and has given me a lot of freedom to let go of things that I'm just not good at and, and or don't like to do. That's really interesting because throughout everyone that I have interviewed, I either hear, or I shouldn't say either, I mainly hear that you should identify your weaknesses and try and develop them further. And I think that's so time consuming. I feel that you're just wasting your time when you could be giving that to someone else and then you do what you're great at. So how were you able to come to that conclusion and really step into, okay, let me strengthen my strengths? So at Bridgewater, um, they help you or kind of the, the company and the community of the company helps you to identify your strengths and weaknesses and the things that you're kind of like middle of the road at. And they purposefully put 
teams of people together who have complementary strengths instead of having people focus on making their weaknesses better. My philosophy around this is that no matter how hard you work on a weakness, it's never going to become your greatest strength. Like your your best hope is that your weaknesses become mediocre. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and and why live your life striving to make your weaknesses mediocre when what you could be doing is focusing your energy on the three or four or five things that you're really, really good at and make yourself the best in the world at those things. And then surround yourself with people who are the best in the world at the things that you suck at. Why not? (laughs) All right. Having this mindset, one, how has it helped and developed you as an entrepreneur, as a founder? And two, how has your leadership style evolved over the years? Yeah. So I think when you embrace your strengths and focus on focus on hiring people who are different than you, it creates a um, an incredibly diverse team of thinkers. What happens a lot of the time is that we, when we're hiring, we look for people who are like us because our um, subconscious thought process is, I like me, I'm successful. So if I look for someone who is like me or who thinks like me or has a similar background to me, I will create a team of successful people. And what that ends up doing is creating a team of mini use and not necessarily a diverse team of thinkers who can spot problems where your blind spots are. Yeah. And so this philosophy of focusing on, of really specifically focusing on hiring people who have a very different skill set and set of strengths than you creates a very whole team. And that is what the, the main way that it has changed me. And, and the main thing that I now take away is to, and it can be really uncomfortable. Like I can, I push myself sometimes to hire outside of what feels comfortable to me. It's hard when someone has a completely different communication style than you, for example. You're like, how in the world are we going to make this work? How are we going to figure (laughs) out how to find each other in these radically different communication styles? But this person has this incredible set of strengths in areas that I am terrible. And so I need them. They need me because I have strengths in areas that, that they are weak. And so we will work through that together and find commonality. So that's how it's changed how I hire and how I think about teams, how it's changed my leadership style. So my leadership style has evolved um, over time and probably stems from two different areas of experience. So the first in this idea of transparency and honesty and really being radically open with your team paired with focusing on creating a team of diverse thinkers who have different strengths than you primarily comes from my time at Bridgewater and different evolutions that I have played with on those concepts over time. The other foundational element of my leadership style is empathy, um, which comes from my acting background. So I, not to go into an entirely other pivot, but (laughs) I, I studied acting at NYU and I have a BFA in drama. That is my degree. Um, And Although it sounds insane, it's useful every single day, not just from your typical like public speaking is useful kind of um, line of thinking, but also because the specific type of acting that I studied, the Meisner technique focuses on 
being present with your partner um, Mm. and having deep empathy for them and the situation that they're in, fighting to understand where they're coming from. And it's those set of principles that gave me this foundation for true leadership empathy, which is I want to sit down with you and understand you to be present with you and to hear what you are telling me um, that I may not be seeing. And I think pairing that with the other things that we were talking about, finding people who have different strengths and perhaps different communication styles and being (laughs) radically open with them, they have to come in this package to work together. I don't think you can have one without the other. Yeah. If we could just talk uh, briefly about communication, because it's my belief that that is one of the keys to good leadership. So how do you deal with that now running your own company? How do you deal with how people manage themselves, manage others and manage up? Because it is communication. Everyone communicates differently. So how has that acting training, your time at Bridgewater, your other time in the beauty industry, how have you been able to understand and to communicate differently to people who just don't get it the first time around? I think one of my unique strengths is active listening. And what that feels like for the recipient is, wow, this person really understands me. And so I'm a really great active listener with people of all communication styles, which is why my archetype has always been that like traffic director, traffic coordinator, because I can translate the needs of this person and the needs of this person who aren't necessarily able to communicate together. I think that will take the company and make me successful to a point. And then there's a moment where I need to step out of that and and (laughs) let people figure out how to communicate with each other, which is one of my challenges um, because I know that I'm really great in this area. And so it's hard for me to pull back and kind of allow the um, constructive chaos that can happen when there is no person in the middle facilitating. So for me, building the company in this way has not been as challenging because that is my strength. I think my challenge is how do I share that set of tools with the rest of the team so that I don't need to sit in the middle. Um, And that's what I'm working on over this next year. That's one one of my pieces of personal development. How do I extract myself from the center of the team and allow whatever happens to happen? (laughs) All right, let's talk about Bitewell. Where, cause just correct or, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were working in the beauty industry at this point, right? When you had the idea for Bitewell. So where, where did the whole idea stem from and share with us what is Bitewell? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll tell you what we are first and then I'll talk about how we got. Okay. So Bitewell is a food as medicine marketplace. So we deeply believe that the future of health and the healthcare industry is food. And to give people access to healing food should be a part of our overall medical system. And so we are pioneering healthy food as an insurance-sponsored benefit as part of your overall healthcare package. So that's what we are. The idea for what we are in that articulation has evolved over the last three years that we've been, that we've been working. But 
our founding story is as follows. So I was working at Estee Lauder Companies in North American marketing for Smashbox Cosmetics out in Los Angeles. And it was June-ish of 2020. We had just gone through um, a huge pivot. We were doing a massive launch that was meant to take place in this like cross-country, in-person experiential extravaganza. And it was supposed to happen in March of 2020. So obviously that did not happen. Um, We had just made this huge (laughs) business pivot to save the launch. I was also going through um, kind of like a personal, I'm not going to call it a a battle, but a little bit of a, all right, when is the right time for me to strike out and go on my own and and build something of my own? I had always known that I wanted to do that. I've always had an incredible sense of ownership and, and responsibility in every company that I've worked for, whether I was an owner or not. And it seemed like this moment, this like mid 2020 moment for whatever reason felt like the right time. (laughs) Um, So with that kind of sitting in the back of my mind, fast forward a couple of months, I was reconnected with a friend of a friend from middle school who was working on this really cool shopping project. I don't want to go into it too, too much, but it was super, super cool. And he wanted some advice on it. So I started, you know, working with him. Um, in a bit of an advisory capacity. And I got introduced to his co-founder and on a late night call with his co-founder, he said to me, Hey, Sam, I don't think you should be working at a big corporation anymore. I think you need to go start your own business. What are the things that you're interested in? And I have always been interested in food and ingredients and food quality. And there's like, a 45 minute story that I could go into on why, but I won't. (laughs) But starting from like the time that I was 12 growing through my, and really changing through my adulthood. And so I told him I was very interested in food, um, had never done anything in food or wellness or food as it relates to health before. And he said on that call, I kid you not. He was like, I have the perfect co-founder for you. His, this guy, his name's Chris Fiducci. He's working on this project. I don't exactly know what it is, but it has something to do with healthy food delivery. Do you want to be connected? And I'm like, sure, why not? So I hop on a call with Chris. It was supposed to be a 20 minute call just so that we could get to know each other and I could understand like what in the world he was doing. And it ended up being a three hour call and a three year business partnership to date. Wow. Um, Yeah. Wow. So how does Bitewell actually work? Imagine that we are the biggest multi-vendor marketplace for food that you've ever seen. What that means is that we pull in food supply from delivery and logistics providers that you already know and love. So we pull in food supply from all the restaurant delivery apps. We pull in food supply from all the grocery delivery apps. We pull in food supply from all the meal kit companies. So for the first time, you can truly see the entire food supply around you all in one place. And then once we have all the supply in place, we add what we call nutrition intelligence over the top. So we've identified these 300 attributes of food that help us to understand if it fits your needs from a health perspective. And we score every single food item available around you based on how it fits to your personalized health needs. That's how it works. That's incredible. And was this system already developed before you came on board or no? So you helped with that. 
Yep. Oh yeah. When I came on, we were, um, a dream and a dollar basically. (laughs) (laughs) We, we had like an early initial food supplier partnership, our very first one. And we had a, uh, bare bones website and literally a dollar (laughs) we have built from there. All right. So for everyone listening who has a dream and a dollar, what would it be the first step to take when you have no money to put into it or a significant amount of money to put into it? Where do you start? If you had asked me three years ago when we started this business, my my answer would be very different from where it is today. Um, I was just talking about this actually last night with my husband. I was like, I wish that with three years under my belt, I could go back and start again because I could do it so much faster this time. Uh, But with that wisdom, what I would say is start small and start by, um, start by confirming that you have a real problem that needs to be solved. Chris says this all the time. I think he had learned this faster from his other business that he started, but there are, Two, there are a few types of businesses that can exist in the world, right? And many, many businesses are um, are just things that are nice to have, but not necessarily need to have in the world. Like when I look at, no offense, protein bar people, but when I look at all the protein bars that are on the shelf in the grocery store, I'm like, do we need another protein bar? It is nice to have another protein bar, but do we need it, right? And when you're building a nice to have business, it takes a lot of marketing dollars or a really differentiated go-to-market idea to make yourself stand out in that crowded space where there's not a sticky, sticky need. So first figure out, do you have a nice-to-have business or a need-to-have business? Ideally, you have a need-to-have business. Totally fine to build a nice-to-have business, but then you just need to understand the profile of your business and how much money it's going to take each of those types of businesses to succeed. Then once you know what you've got and what you're working with, test out a few different go-to-market strategies right from the beginning with a really small group of people. So be like, all right, I'm going to spend $150 testing this go-to-market strategy and $150 testing this one and see what sticks faster. Um, And once you've figured that out, put pedal to the metal, getting as many people who either need or deeply want your product as possible on board. Then take all of that data. Maybe you've spent at this point $1,000. Take all of that data, package it up, um, and go raise raise some funds to get yourself started. All right. What is your biggest piece of pivoting of advice for anyone who's looking to transition in their career? The biggest piece of pivoting advice is that you can't pivot while you're in it. Meaning, if you think about your life as a sand dune, just, just go with me. All right. <laughs> when when you're when you're in the sand dune, so like when you're in the weeds of your life, you can't move because you're covered in sand. But if you can find a way to kind of climb out of the sand dune and stand on top of it, then you have free space to pivot in any direction that you'd like and you can see the horizon around you. So most people try to pivot when they're deeply mired in the sand dune of their life. So You can't see what's ahead of you and you can't turn very far or very agilely because you're stuck in what is. Instead of taking a moment to pull yourself up above the sand dune of your life to give yourself 360 
pivotability. I love that. You're the first person to one say that and use that analogy. So I <laughs> love that. Thank you for sharing. Where can my listeners find you on social media? You can find me on all of them. Um, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. Those are the ones I'm most active on. Samantha Citro Alexander. And then if you want to follow the company, we are at Bitewell Co. on Instagram. You can find us on LinkedIn and head to our website, bitewell.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. This has been awesome. You can follow me, Dr. C, on Instagram at Embrace the Pivot. I hope all of you embrace your pivot.